Welcome to the Community Safety Consultancy Podcast. We aim to give you information on community safety topics to help you understand different areas of community safety and give you ideas on best practice and an insight into our experience and knowledge around the community safety agenda. I'm Suzanne and I've worked in a local authority in the southwest of England for over a decade in community safety and most recently specialising in the domestic abuse sector. I'm working with Lucy. Hi, I'm Lucy. Um, I've also been working in in local government since 2003, um, managing community safety services, uh, strategic commissioning and also in public health as a community safety and public health specialist. Um, So today is our first podcast um, and we'll be concentrating on MARAC, which is Multi-Agency Risk Assessment Conferencing. Um, Suzanne in particular has been working in this field for a really long time. So um, we're going to concentrate with Suzanne today, talking about what it is um, and also talking a bit about the work we've been doing in Somerset to change the model. So Suzanne, why don't you tell our listeners about your role in particular, um, what you've been doing in Somerset around Marrack recently? Hey, thank you, Lucy. Um, so in Somerset, I've been working as the lead for domestic abuse and overseeing the Marrack agenda for a very long time. So um, quite a few years ago we had a Marrack steering group and I used to chair the Marrack steering group and that was quite a long time ago um, before we had um, a domestic abuse board and the current domestic abuse partnership arrangements in Somerset. So Marrack has been say an area that I've been looking at say probably for about a decade. Um, We've gone through many different permutations of Marrack in Somerset so we used to have as a large local authority area with over 500,000 people living in the county we used to have four different Marrack meetings so I've overseen it changing from four Marracks to two Marracks um, a month um, for each area splitting the county in half effectively to having just one today Um, so Marrack in Somerset has been um, gone through quite a few various permutations of who's attended um, I think it's fair to say there's been quite a variety of agency attendance um, in terms of we used to have obviously the core agencies of police probation health housing etc social care attending um, and over the years we've had more other agencies from the voluntary community sector and other um, statutory services such as the military have attended so we've had quite a various um, various agency representation which has been really invaluable um, so overseeing that has been it's quite a time intensive process being involved with Marrack because it is a quite a large multi-agency approach that is required and that can, does require a lot of time and I think one of the things that Marrack often struggles with just not just locally but nationally is that it isn't a statutory process but nonetheless is extremely vital for improving victim safety so um over the years i've been monitoring the performance of marrocks um i get the information from safe lives on our data and performance and also working with the uh, coordinators and the um officers on a day-to-day level who operate the Marrack in terms of who's attending, understanding what are the challenges with the actual meetings and uh, regards actions and, and chairing. Um, so I've been overseeing that process for, um, say, a very long time. So why do you think in Somerset we decided to, to make a change? Because obviously we know that Somerset's a big area. It's a really big, uh, we've got big population. Um, but it is a relatively safe place to live. But we've also so really struggled, haven't we, with 
with rates of domestic abuse in Somerset always been that co continuously high. Um, it's kind of plateaued, but it, it never seems to reduce. And our rates of high-risk domestic abuse victims is always, or it's, it feels disproportionately large compared to our other kind of counterparts, uh, other local authorities that we work with. Um, so do you think it was about that or do you think there was something else driving that change? That's a really um, good question. I think it's it's always good, obviously, if people are being identified and coming forward as um, Marrick cases because obviously under-reporting is a massive issue with domestic abuse generally. So if people are being identified, whether that's through making police reports themselves or being identified through attending um, GPs or hospital appointments or, or whatever, then actually it's good that people are being identified. Um, but obviously looking at the um, information as regards Somerset, I think we are a rural county and I think that definitely brings challenges. Obviously we do have quite a lot of urban areas, but being um, rural, the domestic abuse by its nature is hidden anyway. And particularly in a rural area that can be hidden even further. For instance, with close-knit communities, it can be quite hard for a victim to... Um, to speak out um there can be quite difficult for somebody to not feel like even more isolated than they do already through mm. might be ostracized by their community and family so in terms of Marrick um obviously there's a, a whole issue about the fact it's high-risk cases which is really awful that we do have so many high-risk cases um but nevertheless I say it's quite a good thing people have been identified um, so Marrick has got a really important role to play, certainly um, in the domestic homicide reviews we've had, certainly over recent years in Somerset, been quite a lot of victims have been to Marrick before they've um, sadly died. Um, so, but I think one of the main drivers through the domestic homicide review work and the Marrick processes has been to um, try and get agencies to work together better. So that's meant that we've had to um, implement some changes because agencies over most over many years, but certainly in the most recent years, and particularly following COVID, have had to work differently. So resources mm. have changed. There's less people in agencies. People's remits and job roles have expanded. Um, so Marrick maybe in domestic abuse work maybe one part of that. So we've had to respond to agencies changing um, capacity. Um, but whilst recognising domestic abuse must remain a priority and actually with the Domestic Abuse Act coming in um, in 2021 that has enabled an improved focus on how agencies respond to domestic abuse so it's fantastic we've now got this definition that's statutory of domestic abuse and that I think perhaps has also enabled a wider variety of cases that perhaps maybe were a bit more unclear from agencies mm. whether they did go to, should go to Marrick. Now, quite clearly, domestic abuse does happen within families, not just between intimate partners. Um, and it's expanded the scope as well, more clearly more expanded the scope. In fact, it includes um, ex-partners, ex-step-children, ex, um, sort of etc. So it's expanded that and made it clearer. So I think that's probably had a difference of a greater focus from the people who are involved in identifying domestic abuse victims. Mm. So... We used to run a kind of a traditional Marrick model, didn't we? We had uh, a number of meetings, we had some coordination, administration. Um, so referrals would come in from any agency. There would be some kind of an assessment and then they would be allocated to each of the four Marrocks that we had in Somerset. And agencies across Somerset were then expected to turn up to each of those meetings. Um, Obviously, we found, as you, as you said, that the, the work that that took to do, A, was an issue, but also 
the participation of agencies began to change and as you say through covid but also because of the resource it took and the time it took because of the volumes we had those meetings were huge weren't they 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 lasted a really long time um so what were the things that were put in place that are kind of very different to what you would have seen before that we don't see in, often in other Marek models? I think we've got a much better use of technology now than we had previously. Um, I think for, um, I mean, years ago, you used to have somebody as a coordinator who would receive in sort of collate information on, on, on Word documents um, and, and share that around. And it used to be very sort of quite time intensive. We did move to a model of using a um, SharePoint system to share files, which was moderately successful. Um, so uh, since last year, um, we've actually implemented a case management system specific, specifically for Marrock, which has enabled um, a, an improved awareness of the cases and improved sharing of information. Um, so the administrative burden has reduced. There still is an administrative burden. I think it's silly for anyone to think there wouldn't be. Um, but certainly that case management system has enabled more that more of a um, yeah an improved reduction in the um, time it takes to understand what's going on. Everybody's got real time information because it's a live case management system that people can access um, anywhere, anytime who are specifically identified to use the system. So I think that's a really important point that before we used to have dozens of Marrock reps or people who had access to the um, SharePoint system or perhaps would receive the Marrock information, whereas now the um, we've got a much more restricted access, which has the benefits of um, making sure it is more clearly seen as a priority for those individuals involved. Um, and what we've done is actually given those reps specific training, not just on how to use a system, but actually what their role as a Marrick rep is. So it's a much, we've got a much less n- number of people involved with Marrick now in terms of ag- people per agency, which is um, really beneficial in reducing um, yeah, the confusion, I think, about who should be going to a meeting. Mm. So do you think that effectively having a smaller cohort of dedicated representatives um, means that there's less uh, risk to the dropout in terms of participation but also enables people enables the reps to be more effective at the meetings as well yes I think so I think people before were sometimes going to a meeting once every few months or they wouldn't be quite clear on their role of why they were there They'd, they maybe have forgotten whereas now people have had the training it's quite clearly part of their role. So what we've done is we made sure that people who are Marrick reps, their managers, are really understanding what their role, that what their what their member of staff's role is in Marrick. So um, I'm not saying that's right all the time in terms of people being given loads of extra time to do the Marrick function as a rep, but certainly it's enabled there to be better understanding by agencies involved that they what the expectation is. So um, it, and people going to the meetings do understand why they're there. Um, and we've done quite a lot of training through Safe Lives as well in terms of Marrick reps so they understand what the whole nature of Marrick is. And it sounds really silly to think if you've been going there for a while you'd know but I think over time without effective, um, I suppose, strategic buy-in that's perhaps been lost mm. um, so I think it's clearer now. And how about the role of the chair? How has that changed? So yeah, chairing is a really um, good thing to mention. We've had lots of different chairing over the years um, I think many years ago it used to be the detective inspector in the police um, 
who would attend but that's that stopped being a consistent thing a long time ago um and obviously that has major benefits being someone from the police but it isn't just a police response to domestic abuse we um require we do require all agencies to work together so we did try different permutations so um currently while we've been implementing the new case management system and the new Marrock operating protocol in somerset we did actually get a independent consultant in to chair the Marrock. um but we also now have as part of that alongside that we had a Marrock, we created a Marrock officer post within our domestic abuse service who um, role is not a coordinator it is to be that um, it's definitely not a coordinator it's someone to chair the meeting and also someone to um, sort of provide an oversight of the process to make sure it's happening as it should be and to report back into our domestic abuse board who act as the Marrock steering group as well um, so going forwards, the this is a clearly defined role in our domestic abuse service. It's not part of the domestic abuse service per se. Um, and the backup plan, if they're not there, is that their manager, strategic manager, is the Marrick chair. So, um, and that's got obviously major advantages that somebody understands domestic abuse. That is, their, that they are embedded in a domestic abuse world as the chair. That brings lots of knowledge because I think something that. Um, can get lost is understanding the huge dynamics of domestic abuse so having someone who's a specialist is really advantageous Mm. so in summary then what we've created is a new case management and information sharing system we've got dedicated reps who have training an ongoing investment in training for them to make sure that they attend regularly but they also participate fully We've got more effective chair role. Is there anything else that we've got? I'm thinking actually the um, the paperwork that we use as well, the way that referrals come in to, into Marrick is something, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really good point to make. Yeah, so um, how can I forget the paperwork? Some, <laughs> something that people <laughs> people um, obviously want to make a Marrick referral. How do you do that? It can get quite, um, that's been a real challenge I think as well talk about that another time perhaps but certainly what we've done um we've streamlined the form um and we make going to make it an online process so we're going to have a um an online portal so Marrick reps um can make referrals directly effectively into the system so the Marrick officer will have a role of um obviously making sure they've been um they are complete and can be accepted but um, but certainly we're going to an online base so it's not having emails going around sharing um yeah, sharing information. It's going to be all online based using this, the new case management system, which would be fantastic. Mm. So it's a huge amount of systems change, isn't it? Um, and it's been implemented, I think, quite steadily. It hasn't been, we, we didn't want to rush to fail, um, but it is a huge amount of systems change. It would be good to come back maybe and talk another time about the challenges that we've faced with this model. Um, so how long, when did we start? Um, I think we, it's fair to say we've started on the journey of trying to, well, starting transforming the Marrick for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've gone through two different permutations. Obviously, COVID did, did have an impact, but certainly in terms of this Marrick operating protocol we've got now, we implemented that in October. So we started in October last, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I mean, it was several months, probably at least six months in advance of that for actually getting um, a clear plan in place and getting the right stakeholders um, at a strategic level um, engaged with the process mm. um, yeah and over the last few months while we've been implementing it um, it's taken time to get the to, yeah like you say you can't it's easy to rush things and I think Marrick 
it can't be rushed to try and make change because that's when you're going to be um, losing people along the way because mm. um, people have got different levels of understanding of what um, domestic abuse is, what Marrick is, what their role is and it's important to bring everybody along at the same level of understanding. So we did take everybody back to basics um, even if they thought they knew it already just so mm. we got a commonality. Yeah, so several months. Yeah, so it's still... But for such a huge change, it's still relatively fresh, isn't it? So um, I think we'll come back and talk about the challenges next time. Yeah, sounds good to me. Great. Brilliant. Thanks, Suzanne. That's really helpful. OK. Um, well, thank you for um, listening to the Community Safety Consultancy podcast. Um, if you have got any questions, then do email us at info at communitysafetyconsultancy.co.uk or visit our website for more information on our consultancy services. Um, Thank you very much for listening and um, we'll speak to you soon.